Brother Dell of Gospel Repentance Ministries. Thank you for tuning in. This is the summer series. And once again, the theme is Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And once again, I appreciate you tuning in. And we're going to finish up on the five points of Arminianism. The fifth point being... Uh, regarding eternal security and in the uh, fifth point of Arminianism there is a belief that uh, salvation can be lost salvation can be lost and the reason why obviously probably not all Arminians believe this but I would imagine a large majority of them do believe that salvation can be lost through perpetual habitual sin that a person who is uh, saved through habitual unrepentant sin can fall from grace to the degree that their salvation can be lost or forfeited thrown away however you want to describe it but they were once saved and now they're unsaved and that belief system has gigantic mon monumental uh, implications because it makes God look like he is unable to preserve someone in salvation that he initially saved uh, before in other words the person's sin is greater than God's grace and greater than his power to preserve us in our salvation state so just let me uh, jump off just by saying real quick that uh, if salvation is eternal, how can it be lost? I mean, if salvation can be lost, then it's not eternal. It's temporary. And it's we're going back to the whole thing of conditional election uh, slash conditional salvation, because if salvation can be forfeited and neutralized by the sinfulness of man, then God's uh, Jesus atonement for that person is uh, ineffective it didn't do anything for them because at the end of the day or at the end of their life they're still going to be lost they're going to perish in uh, the lake of fire and be eternally separated from God forever and here's a question that I would ask all of you that are listening in regards to this matter if salvation can be lost if we can fall from grace to the extent that God decides to forfeit or revoke our uh, blessed place in his glorious kingdom if he decides to kick us out after initially uh, allowing us to gain interest into it how much sin does one have to commit to uh, reach the what I call the sin point of no return how many sins do you have to commit? At what point does God say, okay, you've you've committed too much sin as a Christian. I'm now going to void your um, membership into my kingdom. I'm going to kick you out. I'm going to send you to hell after all because for some reason I didn't know what you were going to do before I decided to choose you. We need to think this through and, and try to uh, uh, vet it out to its most logical conclusion. Okay? 
How much sin do I have to commit to forfeit my salvation? How much sin do all of you who are listening, who are Christians, have to do to forfeit your salvation? And another point I want to bring up is if that is indeed true, then how can we have any assurance of our salvation? We're supposed to be sure that we're saved. I mean, that's what First uh, John chapter 5, I believe, verses uh, 13 tells us that it says we're supposed to know that we have eternal life if we can get kicked out of the kingdom after having entered it by the uh, by the authority and by the love and by the permission of Almighty God. If we can lose that blessed privilege and then still go to hell after all, then how um, secure is our salvation if it's based on us, if it's contingent upon us to keep it or to lose it? If it's based upon us, then God uh, did not put together an ironclad and a secure salvation. And it makes God look weak because God is dependent upon frail, uh, sinful man to actualize his salvation plan. If it's left up to us to determine if we're ultimately going to be in the kingdom or out of the kingdom, if he's leaving it up to us, then God failed before he even began. It was a plan that was not a good plan at all because it's contingent upon us to maintain or to preserve our own salvation. So to say that salvation can be lost is also it's 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 equal to that of uh, Roman Catholicism, because they say after a person's been baptized, that they receive a measure of grace. But through mortal sin, that grace begins to uh, dissipate and it, it, to the point will it disappear. And your salvation has now been rendered null and void. You now have to go to confession to your priest to receive absolution and then follow the instructions of what he commands you to do, whether it be reciting so many our our fathers and hail marys or praying the rosary or perhaps doing some meritorious work in order to gain your salvation back it's like that proverbial hamster on the wheel you keep expending energy and energy and and more uh exertion and you're going nowhere and so uh it is very clear and very evident that salvation one once it is obtained by the believer, it is complete. It is an eternal salvation. It's a salvation that God does not revoke. I mean, uh, read the most celebrated passage in all the Bible, John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believe on him, that's a condition, whosoever shall believe shall not perish, but have eternal life if life if eternal life can be neutralized then it's no longer eternal that is basically uh that's a lie and so if you reason with this if you analyze the 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 doctrine of of non-security or loss of salvation however you want to put it it is a unbiblical doctrine it is a doctrine that assaults the mind and heart's of those who are saved because if you can lose your salvation then you're you're going to go through all these rituals and all these works to try to do everything you can to 
to keep it, but you have no absolute assurance that you have done enough to keep it. So it is a um, is a double edged sword talking about uh, the loss of eternal security, because number one, there's no assurance in it. Uh, Number two, uh, you don't know how many sins you have to commit in order to lose your salvation. And number three, you don't know how many good works you have to do to keep it. So it is a confusing doctrine. It is a demonic doctrine. It is an unbiblical doctrine. We have to know and we need to assure ourselves that we are saved. And the way that we do that is by, number one, performing good works because we are saved. Because remember, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, those who are in Christ, we've been saved unto good works because God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. In other words, we have been saved unto good works. Now, listen to what I'm saying and listen to me very carefully. We're not working to get saved. In other words, we're not performing good works to get saved because we cannot be saved by works. That's what Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9 says. It says, for by grace we've been saved uh, through faith and that not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Okay, so we do not obtain salvation by good works because if we do it by works, it's no longer by grace. But because we are saved, we have the ability and the power and the command from God to perform good works. And if we are truly in Christ, we will perform good works. It is in our DNA to do that now. It is a natural byproduct of the true child of God. We have to perform good works. We have to bear fruit. We have to be a good tree because if we're a bad tree, that is a clear indication that we are not in the kingdom, that we are not saved. If a person is committing egregious and habitual sins and they have no sense of uh, remorse, they're not willing to repent, they don't feel bad, they're not smitten by the by the spirit of God, then that is an indication that that person has only made a verbal confession of faith in Jesus Christ and not an actual one. Because if you're still doing the same things that you were doing prior to your salvation, you're not a Christian, ladies and gentlemen. It's just that plain and simple. You are not a Christian because if you are truly a child of God, then his seed is in you. And when you commit sin, when you are engaged in in gross sin, you will feel horrible about it. At least you should. The spirit of God is going to convict you. And then that should bring you to your knees and in tears and say, God, forgive me. I've done foolishly. I've, I've been, I've been evil. I've done stupidly. Please forgive me. Wipe my slate clean. According to your word, uh, remember first John one nine which someone years ago called the Christian's bar of soap. It says, if we confess our sins, we are faithful and just to forgive. He is faithful and, and he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. That means God is and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And to say that we have no sin, even where Christ says we have uh, we've lied and the truth or the word of God is not in us. So we do commit sin as children of God because the penalty has, of sin has been removed the power of sin praise God has been removed but the presence of sin is still within us I mean read Romans chapter 7 where Paul who is a believer at the time is decrying his sin he says those things 
that I desire to do, I don't do. And the things that I hate, I find myself doing. And then he cried out, he says, oh, wretched man that I am. Now, mind you, he's a believer. He's saved. The spirit of God is dwelling inside of him when he's making this He's making this cry. He says, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? And then he ends with a doxology. He says, you know, I thank God through Jesus Christ, you know, that he'll gain his victory because ultimately we win. But in the interim, while we're still in this flesh and blood body, we're having a tug of war going on. I mean, read Galatians chapter five. It says the spirit wars against the flesh and the flesh wars against the spirit it says these tr these two are contrary or opposed to one another so that we cannot do the things that we wish we're in a struggle with our own selves because we're dealing with the flesh and we're dealing with the spirit and the two are polar opposites they're fighting and warring against one another that's why we struggle in our christian walk but to say that we lose salvation because we're struggling is wrong. The, to have that struggle is a good thing. It is a painful thing. It is a, an egregious thing because often, sometimes we, we win battles and then sometimes we lose battles. But ultimately, we do win because the Bible says we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. Praise God. That's Romans chapter 8, verse 37. And so uh, we do have eternal security. Even though when we commit sin in our flesh and our feelings, we feel like we're not saved because we, we know that we're falling short and we're doing it more than we ought to. So we can't base our salvation on our feelings, our brothers and sisters. Please don't do that. We have to base our salvation on the unchangeable, immutable word of God because our feelings vacillate all the time. They go up and down. You and I all know that. Sometimes we feel great about ourselves and about our relationship to God. And other times we feel crappy. We, we feel far away because we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. It's not on God. It's on us. We still have a part to play in our relationship to God. Remembers, remember Philippians chapter uh, 2 verses 12 and 13. It, it tells us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure this is a joint effort it is a it is a synergism and in other words we with the father god through the power of the holy spirit have to work out our salvation we have to develop it we have to make it strong and that's something that we have to do god is not going to do that for us you understand we have to be active in our own holiness we do have a a positional holiness and a positional sanctification but there's also a practical uh sanctification that we must be engaged in we have to operate in that god is not going to do that for us so to uh, wrap this up uh once again uh we cannot lose eternal security that is an oxymoron because if we can lose eternal life then the life that we claim to have that is eternal doesn't even exist it is a phantom it is an it is an apparition it is a it is a it's a ghost and it's not real, but salvation is real. Salvation is eternal and uh, salvation cannot be lost because it was designed and invented by God to be everlasting. Thank you very much for listening. This is Gospel of Repentance Ministries. I am your host, Brother Dell. I'll check you soon.